0: Welcome to the LCGC podcast, looking for what we know about and what we don't in drinking water. This podcast is brought to you by Thermo Fisher Scientific. Thermo Fisher Scientific is a world leader in serving science with revenues of $17 billion and approximately 50,000 employees in 50 countries. Their mission is to enable their customers to make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. They help their customers accelerate life sciences research, solve complex analytical challenges, improve patient diagnostics, and increase laboratory productivity. Through their premier brands, Thermo Scientific, Applied Biosystems, Invitrogen, Fisher Scientific, and Unity Lab Services, they offer an unmatched combination of innovative technologies, purchasing convenience, and comprehensive support. To find out more, please visit them on the web at www.thermoscientific.com. And now, here's your host for this podcast, Carrie Hellenberg.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Carrie Hellenberg with LCGC, and I'm here with Dr. Andy Eaton, Technical Director, Eurofins Eaton, Monrovia, California. Thanks for being here today, Andy.
2: I'm glad to join you.
1: Uh, to get started, At last year's Water Quality Technology Conference in November, you gave a talk entitled Use of a High-Resolution Accurate Mass Spectrometer to Expand the Scope of U.S. EPA Methods for Emerging Contaminants. Could you give us an overview of what your presentation was about?
2: Sure. Most EPA methods are focused on target compounds. But as Donald Rumsfeld said many, many years ago, we don't know what we don't know. In this case, in the presentation, we talked about taking samples being tested under EPA's unregulated contaminant monitoring rule, specifically for target analytes for perfluorinated compounds and hormones, and analyzing those same samples on uh, a Q-exactive Orbitrap high-resolution mass spec to look for unknowns accurate mass spectra feature and tying that in with a library search. And what we found was that in the case of some of the samples, specifically the ones being tested for perfluorinated compounds, uh, we found some of the target analytes, but we also found uh, a large number of other non-target perfluorinated compounds.
1: And can you tell us exactly what is high-resolution accurate mass spectrometry compared to more traditional mass spectrometry, and what technique do you use?
2: Well, first off, uh, as a caveat, I'm not a mass spectroscopist, so my answer here is on a very basic level. There are really various uh, high-resolution accurate mass techniques available in traditional uh, LC triple-quad systems. You look at fragmentation in a, what's known as serial monitoring, and you look at the mass transitions as a result of the fragmentation going through the mass spec, and the key thing with traditional uh, LC-MS-MS systems is you have to have standards available for both qualitative identification and, of course, for quantitative on the other hand, uh, high-resolution accurate mass systems look at specific masses with a high degree of accuracy and do what's known as parallel monitoring, so they're looking at all of the masses at the same time, which allows you to get uh, unequivocal identification of things, especially because the resolution of uh high-resolution systems like the Orbitrap can be as high as 100 to 140,000, which uh, gives you really unequivocal identification. There are two typical high-resolution techniques that are used, uh, time-of-flight mass spec and Orbitrap, and time-of-flight really doesn't have the same resolution as Orbitrap. Operate it as a conventional uh, triple quad system, in addition to using the high res aspects of it.
1: Well, thank you. And and how has high resolution accurate mass technology helped in our understanding of emerging contaminants?
2: Well, the reality is in the analysis of emerging contaminants. Uh, high-resolution techniques are really still in their infancy and that most of the work on emerging contaminants is really focused on targeted compounds, but it really looks as though we have two areas where uh, high-resolution accurate mass techniques have the potential for helping us to understand. of compounds in it, and then in the process of doing reuse, we typically end up doing oxidation, which usually does not result in complete mineralization of the compounds that are present. So we end up with uh, degradates of our initial And we don't always know what we're producing. Uh, the other thing is, of course, we don't know anything about the toxicity of what we're producing. So this is a case where a uh, high-resolution technique can help us evaluate that. We've actually used that in one project where we're looking at uh, chlorinated byproducts of some pharmaceuticals of trying to differentiate whether we're seeing uh, samples that are coming from a conventional wastewater plant or coming from a septic system where you would not necessarily have uh, any chlorinated byproducts. The other area where uh, high-resolution techniques are important is the fact that when we use traditional targeted analysis techniques, we don't really know the scope of an issue because all we know is what we're looking for. And that's the example that I talked about earlier that we presented the Water Quality Technology Conference. If we look at perfluorinated compounds where the EPA method really only looks at about 10 compounds, but we know there are both precursors and breakdown products that we know little about as far as toxicity, and even less in terms of occurrence, and high-resolution accurate mass techniques like the Orbitrap can help us find out what may actually be present in a site.
1: Thanks. And for those listeners who don't know how the EPA investigates emerging contaminants, can you describe EPA's Unregulated Contaminant Monitoring Rule Program?
2: Sure. The uh, Unregulated Contaminant Monitoring Rule Program. UCMR, I'm going to use that acronym so I don't keep repeating the long phrase. Basically, the UCMR program has now been going on for about 15 years. It just finished its third round, and in that program, EPA identifies up to 30 compounds of concern that they think may be present in drinking water, but for which they don't have occurrence data and they do have some health effects information. So uh, in five-year cycles, they require all water systems that serve over 10,000 people and a subset of ones serving less than 10,000 to monitor for those constituents to determine what may be present. In the most recent For one for dioxane, one for volatiles. There were some inorganic methods for uh, disinfection byproducts like chlorate, and also for trace metals, and then an ion chromatography technique for hexavalent chromium. So it really covers a wide range of contaminants, and then EPA takes the data to determine whether it makes sense to consider regulating some of those compounds based on occurrence.
1: And how has high-resolution, accurate mass technology expanded the scope of EPA's UCMR program?
2: To date, it really hasn't been applied to the UCMR program at all. And unfortunately, I doubt if it will be. That's in part because of the regulatory constraints that UCMR program is limited to 30 contaminants, so as soon as you have a uh, high-resolution technique where you can basically, in theory, look for hundreds of contaminants in one analysis, you start raising significant questions about how that fits into the UCMR uh, program. Um, also note that in any analytical method, what you detect is a function not only of the target compounds that you've identified, but also can be a function of the initial preparation technique, for instance, solid phase extraction, using a specific uh, preparation technique, and also the chromatography. So, there are really challenges in using this technique for routine monitoring programs. Such as the UCMR.
1: Thanks. And uh, in your recent research, uh, you used EPA method 537 and 539. These methods were validated using low resolution MSMS. How do the two techniques, low resolution MSMS and high resolution accurate mass, compare in terms of quantitation?
2: We actually thought when we went into it that the high resolution techniques might be comparable to the low resolution techniques but that we'd have some compromises because we were trying to look for a wide variety of uh, compounds at the same time. But what we actually found was the Orbitrap system was much more sensitive than our conventional triple-quad method. In some cases, for instance, for the hormones, it was as much as 10 times more sensitive.
1: And finally... What lies ahead for the use of high resolution accurate mass for EPA's unregulated contaminant monitoring rule program?
2: I suspect that I will be long since retired before EPA actually looks at techniques such as uh, high resolution accurate mass for the UCMR. Uh, it's going to require them getting a lot more.
1: Great. Thanks for that overview, Andy. Uh, We appreciate you being here today. This has been Carrie Hollenberg with LCGC. Thanks to everyone for listening.
0: You've been listening to the LCGC podcast, looking for what we know about and what we don't in drinking water. This podcast was brought to you by Thermo Fisher Scientific. Thermo Fisher Scientific is a world leader in serving science with revenues of 17 billion dollars and approximately 50,000 employees in 50 countries. Their mission is to enable their customers to make the world healthier, cleaner and safer. They help their customers accelerate life sciences research, solve complex analytical challenges, improve patient diagnostics and increase laboratory productivity. Through their premier brands, Thermo Scientific, Applied Biosystems, Invitrogen, Fisher Scientific, and Unity Lab Services, they offer an unmatched combination of innovative technologies, purchasing convenience, and comprehensive support. To find out more, please visit them on the web at www.thermoscientific.com.